Welcome to another episode of Living an Ultra Life. And this week, I am so excited to have on Danny Filipek. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Danny coached me through my Blackbeard's Revenge 100 adventure. And uh, she did a fantastic job and it, got to know her a little bit during that and everything. But uh, here's Danny. Danny, you ready to go for a run? Oh, yes. Let's do it. I can't keep up with you, though. You'll drop me a mile like 70. But um, hi, I'm Coach Danny Philippeck, and um, I am of uh, Forward Focus Running. Um, that is the plan that Mike followed. Um, he did absolutely amazing with his training and always blew my mind with all the runs he would do. And he didn't really have any like super bad days, which isn't normal, but he just blew it out of the water with training and always did things with a smile on his face with a positive attitude. So that, that always makes the coaching a little easier. I am a coach. I'm a former NCAA, NAIA, NAJCAA, high school and middle school coach. And I've coached all over the state of Michigan. I'm currently in the UP. So for people who don't know, there's Michigan, which you hold your hand in front of your face and that's Michigan, but I'm in the UP, the, the, the other hand that you hold on top, that one's that most forgotten about. So I'm the very tip. I'm like five minutes away from Canada. I could probably throw a rock and hit it. It does get pretty treacherous here in the, in the winters, but me and my kids, we bundle up, we get outside. My two kids are Flair, who is two years old and Rowdy, who is five months old. Um, and then my husband coaches, he's the head coach at Lake Spear State University. You kind of skipped a little bit too. Now, Danny said that I would get to 70, but what Danny failed to say is she would get there much faster because Danny <laughs> is also a pretty renowned runner in her own part. So tell us a little bit about your running career, because I know you you haven't just coat, you've run some pretty amazing stuff too. Yeah. Um, I actually like to, to describe it back. You know, I was okay in high school. I kind of fell into it. I was doing softball like many other high schoolers should be doing, which is many sports and finding out who you are and what you like to do. Um, and I got kind of conned into doing track because you were cool. If you did track, I felt like, like everyone did it. And, uh, I ended up doing it. I did pretty well. And then, I still wasn't like the best because it was division one, but, um, ended up going to high school. I got good enough for a scholarship at Northwood university, which is a private division two college in the GLIAC. And, um, my husband coaches in the GLIAC. So that's kind of why we made our roundabouts back. I absolutely loved my college career because I was awful. I was absolutely awful. My first two years, I honestly, like a lot of, a lot of Taco Bell, a lot of late nights. And, um, then wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. And, um, I, uh, turned my, uh, my head around is what they say. You know, you kind of have that like, like well, I want to be good for my team. And, uh, by the end of it, I was a 17 flat runner and I was fifth in the D two nation. And, uh, I mean, but I, I mean, I was running like really slow <laughs> first. I, you know, you just, you kind of grow into yourself. And I always say like, it doesn't matter how where you perceive yourself pace wise. Like if, if you have a goal, like go and chase it, you're not defined by your pace. It's only, it's only yourself. So think big. I know, I know Mike thinks big, <laughs> very That's big. awesome. That's awesome. Um, so now when did you, so you, you kind of did college and then when did you move into running marathons? Cause that was kind of a switch for yeah. you, wasn't it? Yeah. So I, I went from the 5k and the 10k, which I was a national qualifier on the 10k didn't do as well as I wanted. I worked at a running store, Hanson's running shop. So if you don't know Des Linden or you don't know Brian Sell, like 
or Hanson's Brooks, definitely look them up because it's one of the premier distance programs that's ever been around in the country. So um, they kind of used to take blue collar runners and they used to say like run a bunch of mileage and they used to really invest in um, people, you know, like people who are like, let's go, let's go see or push our bodies every day and do a team atmosphere. They were like the first group to do like team training in Michigan. And uh, so it was pivotal. So I went and worked to the running store and I walked myself onto the team and I got a qualifier and they took a risk on me. And it was like amazing. Like in 2016, I ran 241 in the marathon and went to the Olympic trials. And that was awesome. That's um, amazing. 241. Right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had a lot of fun doing marathons. It's something I loved. I love doing the marathon distance. I don't know about honestly doing them that fast anymore. Kind of like live your ultra life. Like I really like to hang out and enjoy the atmosphere of ultra running. And it's, it's not about being fast. It's about finishing. That doesn't mean I don't want to coach fast marathoners. I can definitely do that too. Um, I've got some quite some fasty fast I coach, but right now, honestly, I'm a person who wants to run like under a five minute mile and like run, you know, 50 miles. Like I, I don't want to do anything in between. I'll run the in between, but like, I want to run fast. I want to run far, not like fast. Yeah. That's awesome. So now what was the Olympic marathon trials? Like that had to been a once in a lifetime experience. Oh, it was so epic. And it was so epic because like Desi got to go to the Olympics that year too. Like she had run and she qualified for, um, I don't even know where it was at that year. I was it Rio? Yeah, it was Rio. And she, and you could see, I actually had a stress fracture in my back. So it wasn't like, like, it wasn't fun for me, but I still finished. And that was really great. But I got to see my teammate go to the Olympics. Like, it was so fun going to like the post-race party and like all the things and like being excited, being a Brooks athlete. So that was really fun. And then after my tenure there, I went to, I wanted to run ultras. Unfortunately with being a woman, like you're not limited by your career. Cause I think women go longer in their careers because a lot of masters ultra runners and all the runners in between are really good as they age. So I hope for myself and everyone else. And I, I think women have a great longevity in the sport, but we have kids, right. And that takes nine months. You just can't train the same way usually. So I ended up wanting to go to ultras a little earlier and I ran Cayuga and I qualified for the U S team and I went on to worlds and so my 50 mile world team was awesome too. So like I've gotten to do some pretty cool things with my ultra running career and my fast marathon career and my, um, coaching career. I've gotten, I've gotten to do some really cool things. That's amazing. I, so, so when fun. you ran Cayuga, what was your time in the 50 miler that had to have been smoking fast? No, it actually wasn't. It was really muddy and I, I was patient. And honestly, I was like running scared the last, like. 10 miles because Sabrina Little was like chasing oh my me down. Gosh. <laughs> I'd be scared if Sabrina Little were chasing I, me too. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, again, like, I think you're going to see like this epic, like revival of all these moms. Like, I can't wait. I, I, it's weird to be like, I can't wait to be like 40 or 50 years old because I think it's going to be like fast. And, yeah. Like, wait, wait until like a Western States when all of you really stellar athletes are done having kids. Yeah. And, I just think, I think a Western States, like 2030 is going to be, I think women are going to beat the men. I think oh. a, a woman is going to finish first overall. I, I think we're due for it. I I love that. And I second that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I just, I don't know. I've always told people, you know, in ultra marathons, women yeah. are able to endure a lot more. Yeah. You know, I, they, they just, I don't know what it is. And maybe it's, you know, 
maybe it is childbearing. I have no idea. But you know, you know how to you know how to stuff the pain and just you know say I okay, get through the pain cave. We know how to adjust. Like we know like how to juggle it all. And I feel like that's a lot in ultra running, which I think you can really speak about with if something's going wrong, like how do you pivot, change it instead of going, okay, I'm just done. Like, no, you grab your snack, you take a nap and you, you, you push on. And I think that that's a lot like childbearing and child rearing is, is that. Yeah. Well, the ultra running community, I, I've always told people there's nothing like it. I mean, you're not going to meet people in the ultra running community that are trying to beat you down. That is beautiful. Very true. Yes. Yeah. And I just, I, that, that's why I just, you know, kind of gravitated into the ultra running community because it was just like, wow. First time I, I ran an ultra running race, I was like, these people are really different, you know, because oh. like, it was like, wow, they just have a different attitude about running. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it's a great community. I, that's why I think ultra running is, if you feel down about anything in your life, like there's a lot of factors, right. That you can like go to a very, you know, things that you can climb to, like, obviously one is religion. One is, um, you know, changing a lifestyle, developing a good habit, but like, I'd say go to, even if you're not a runner, go to an ultra marathon. Yeah. That volunteer at one, find an ultra marathon volunteer at an aid station and watch the, watch the runners go through. Yeah. And like the aid stations, like you see, like, the perseverance, the drive, the joy, the paint, like it's, it's beautiful. It's just beautiful. Living an ultra life is brought to you by Forged Glory Athletics. Chris Guerra has this to say about ultra running. It's going out there and then saying, okay, I gave it my all, but I still have a little more and I'm going to take a day just to recenter and check. Then I'm going to get right back out there and I don't have to worry about being broken down because I've built myself up. I've tapered appropriately. I treated my race like the celebration that it is. And then I give myself a little wind down and then I'm back participating in the thing that I love. If you're looking for somebody to help you get over that next ultra marathon goal, there is nobody better to help you get to that place than Chris Guerra and Forged Glory Athletics. They are a science-driven, client-proven, premier running company that instills strong, introspective pillars through disciplines of movement that award personal growth and multiple aspects of the athlete's life without injury. Forge Glory Athletics. You can't go wrong. Didn't uh, your mom, like, 82, just do a 10K? Which yeah. I think is, like, a yeah. cool thing. Yeah. My mom is, my mom is awesome. She, yeah, she just keeps on going. She's 82 years old. She's had back surgery and she just, she just keeps on going, man. She's, she's amazing. She's my idol. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. She's, she's one of my, one of my idols too. She's one of my favorite people in the world. So she's a lot of fun to be around. um, So let's kind of talk a little bit about your coaching and how you how you made that pivot from being a runner to a coach and was it difficult or what was it like? Well, I think professional running is it's, I don't want to say selfish, but very self-oriented, like before children, before work or anything, like it's your running is your job. And like that, that's the only responsibility you have. Okay. I have to run 10 to 14 miles in the morning. Okay. Take a nap, eat breakfast, second breakfast, whatever. And then before my running shop, eight hour stint, you know, you may be at a two to a six mile run again. So like your whole day is running, your whole life is running. And then I think 
what the cool thing is about being a mom and being a coach is you learn how like people adapt. Like maybe you're a coach of a, a college program or a high school, like they have class, they have things going on in their life. They have traumas, they have experiences, they have good and bad days. And I think that even with my adult coaching that I, you know, focus on now as my career is that you understand that people again have responsibilities and have to adjust. And it's not just like running isn't just your life. So you I mean, that's what I love about being a coach is I'm very holistic. Like if someone tells me that they had a bad mental health day or that the kids are sick, like things happen and those are going to come first. So how do you adjust the training to make sense and to make sure one, we hit our goals and to make sure that we're taking care of what we need to take care of every day. And those, those bigger important things come first. That doesn't mean running isn't a part of our life and a huge part. That just means how do we adjust right. to better suit. And you do a fantastic job, having experienced it, of being willing to adapt the a training plan. Because I know a lot of people get stuck in just kind of downloading a training plan and then, okay, yeah. this is what I do. And then you feel bad if you didn't you know, hit that mileage. But, you know, we do have weeks where you're just insanely busy at work and you've got you've to be yeah. willing to adjust your training. And you do a really yeah. good job of that as a coach. So, I mean- was that because of you being an athlete or how are you able to do that so well? A lot of that, but I, you know, and I know that we'll kind of circle back to this, but I was a domestic violence and sexual assault advocate. And, um, that I think you have to have empathy when you are talking with someone, it's not feeling bad. It's sitting with them and saying like, you know, like I'm in it with you. So whenever I take on a client, like I sit with them and say, I'm with you. If what you're feeling is a feeling you let me know when it's valid. We're going to adjust. We're going to pivot. I'm going to remember what your goals are, but knowing that like you're a human and all the experiences and traumas and things that you went through in your life are going to always manifest kind of in that running and knowing that there's going to be other things in your life. that are important. Like if it's your mom's birthday, her 83rd birthday, I would hope that you adjust the, you know, that day to be about her, you know, we will make sure that the running gets done either the day after or the day before. And we spend that whole day celebrating her day with all the cake and ice cream, like that. We know that running is a huge part of our day, but it doesn't have to con- control everything that we do, but that doesn't mean that we don't have our running goals. It means yeah. that we have to take a moment and say, what's important. How do we get all of these little pieces of our puzzle to beautifully put together? Yeah. My very good friend, mentor, Chris Guerra of Forge Glory Athletics is so keen to always say, look, running isn't just about running. It's Mm -hmm. mental, it's emotional, it's spiritual, it's everything wrapped together. And you've got to look at it as a package because if you just look at it as physical health, you're missing out on the beauty of running and especially endurance running. That's so well put and truly I I love that and I'd love to get in touch with them because seriously like that is the epitome of of running and coaching and like people don't want to coach because they're say they're doing well with it like they want to coach because they they would like someone to not only say like it's okay like the hardest thing with athletes is not holding them back from their workouts really or holding them back from yeah like workouts like people are usually okay to do the work but it's holding them back from like, okay, you need a rest day or okay, right. you need to know it's okay to day off. And I think yeah. that we are so hard on ourselves as a society that's okay to say, no, it's okay to slow down. It's okay to take that cross training day. It's okay to, <laughs> like, I always tell people, I am your coach, like, but I am not blowing a whistle right now, like yelling and screaming at you. I am right. cheering you. That includes saying, 
I'm cheering you on to stay in your bunny slippers today. Like I'm <laughs> that's I, awesome. If you want a hardcore coach, don't pick me. Like that doesn't mean I don't want to do well or run fast. Yeah. But there's different ways to do it. Well, I know I probably freaked you out a couple of times when I did power walk training instead of running, you know, at first when we, we kind of started with the whole Blackbeard's Revenge training. Yeah, well, but it's so, but it's epic. And I think that that made you finish. I think that's what makes you a great runner is you don't realize when you do ultras, you have to walk like Jim Walmsley walks, like people like don't think he does, but he does. So, yeah. I mean, you practice that especially with higher elevations and yeah. you're oh you're not scared to go up on those mountains i see your posts like you are incredible like you're not scared of a challenge and you're not scared to walk a lot and run a lot yep i uh, yeah well you know i i tell people i am not the strongest runner but i could power walk you to death so oh, yeah i don't want to burst you i'm I not <laughs> Yeah. Well, when I was doing some research, I'm so glad you mentioned this. I came upon this article. It was called uh, Run, Danny Run, One Woman's Journey to End Sexual Abuse and Domestic Violence. And I was like, I did not know this about Danny. Mm -hmm. And I just think this is a really important part of the Danny Philippec story, how you got involved and just your passion for this. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I went from college coaching, um, up, up in the UP, actually, my husband basically took my job, but like better. Um, and, um, <laughs> That's funny. He, your, I, your husband took your job, huh? Basically like, but now he's the head coach. Like I was the assistant when I was up here and, um, I wanted to do, um, something with domestic violence, sexual assault. Um, I have a family history. I have a personal history with both of these things. And, um, I, worked at Diane Pepper resource center. And I also worked at domestic and sexual abuse services in three rivers. I actually was like pregnant and bringing my toddler to do night shifts. Like, because I mean, I, the mission during, especially the pandemic was really, really important to be working all hands on deck. Um, as you know, with like staff shortages and like the domestic violence rates were like up skyrocketing. Yeah. yeah. So I was doing everything. I went back to work after my son, after eight weeks, um, I, I needed to help survivors. And, um, so, um, I worked at, you know, multiple shelters, multiple advocacy services, and, um, I believe in survivors and the best thing you can do for someone who is dealing with domestic violence is one, the hotline, giving them that information if they're not ready to go forward. Um, but just saying, I believe you and listen to them, listen to their story if they want to share. And if they don't, that's okay too. Um, but knowing the local resources in your area is great. And those are like for train, if you're intimidated by talking with someone, you know, seeking resources out to them or, you know, connecting with other local things. Maybe a survivor doesn't really need those services right now, but maybe they need something else that's going to help them get out of their domestic violence. Like um, you never think like maybe having a car, getting a birth certificate or even a suitcase is going to help them, but like maybe getting those first step things. And then they can focus on leaving their abuser or perpetrator. So those were things that I ran for. So I ran 340 miles from, it's from Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, from the water, literally like starting at the water, ran all the way down, um, to Dearborn. And wow. no, I did not run across the bridge. Cause that's okay. I was going to ask that. How did you get across the bridge? Cause <laughs> I didn't think you could run across it. No, I did touch the both bridge poles, but I okay. was not out. I, I would have had to do it on like Labor Day. So you just 340 miles from upper, upper peninsula, all the way down yeah. to Dearborn. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. It was for um, our coalition conference was there. So okay. the Michigan Coalition on Domestic Violence. So it was like our huge mega conference. So it was really cool. You know, we did have some news people there and we raised a ton of money. We had $6,000 for survivors. That's wow. underwear, That's huge. Children's toys, diapers. So we did a GoFundMe and um, my last day I wrote all, like if people reached out to me, uh, whether it was anonymous or not, like if they wanted a, a symbols saying that that was them, we drew it on or we put their initials on my arms and we finished it. It was very emotional. Um, you know, it was very empowering because people were pulling over and saying like, you know, I've never told anyone this, but you know, I, I was a survivor. This happened to me. And so not only are you dealing with physical pain, like, you know, you're, you're running a ton of day. Yeah eight days, but your people are emotionally saying like, you know, I've never, you know, felt this empowered by your journey and just like leaving water bottles out or, you know, donations and envelopes and just like, you know, high fives and signs and yards. And it'd be desolate areas. And you just see like a family, like driving, like we were, we saw you on the news. We just wanted to say hi. Like it was That's really awesome. emotional. Yeah. It was so cool. Awesome. How many days did it take you? It took me eight. I could have probably done it in a little bit less, but I tell you what, I'm glad that we kind of stretched it out just because like, I mean, I know you're, I'm not, I'm not your level ultra, but like we were running between like a marathon and like over 50 a day. So like day after day after day. And, um, it was definitely like, there were some like crazy Hills. There were also some great flat parts. Okay. We got really lucky with weather. I think it only like rained one or two days. Wow. Um, yeah, but it was, it was such an epic journey. Um, I, I really felt like very connected to every survivor and, yeah. Um, when you were hurting, you were like, this is for other people. I felt like I was a vessel for like survivors. Like even if they never run a step, it was just, I felt really powerful. That's a really powerful statement. I felt like I was a vessel for survivors. Mm-hmm. I did. I really did. It, it was like, it's powerful. It really was. And, and like, you know, you just, every day you like, we woke up at like 6am and we just, you know, you, I actually took spray paint would do like a little, like, um, purple ribbon, you know, for DV. So I'd start the exact same spot every day and, oh, okay. you know, see that 340 miles on Strava after it was done. And just, just have so many people be like, I felt like I was with you and awesome. I, anything to do with running. And I was like, you were, you were, you were in my heart, you're my soul. And very, very cool. To- yeah. I'm glad you took eight days. I think that gave more people an opportunity to touch you. If that makes yeah. any sense. That's beautiful. I'm going to start crying. (laughs) No, I just, I, that's, you know, the the living in ultra life, the whole thing is, you know, like my, my goal in life is to tell people you can, because we have so many voices telling us what we can't do. Podcast is really here to tell people and show people, people like you that are saying you can. That's why when I read this, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I have to really, really get Danny on so that people can hear about, you know, one woman and rising from the ashes and saying, no, I'm not going to be a victim of circumstances. Not only am I going to rise above it, I'm going to help other people rise above it. You're the type of people we should all be like. Oh, I think everyone just is, is a strong person. We're all survivors of something, right? right. And I, I think- we have to have something to pull us through and knowing that you're not alone, I think is the most important thing in the world. And it didn't matter whatever, whether it was, I was going to get through whatever pain, whatever knee pain, whatever I was feeling. I think on day two, like I started to really realize why some of my ultras in the past hadn't gone so well. And it's because (laughs) 
fizzy drinks. So yeah, we figured that out day two. So it was again, a lot of learning even from my own racing experience, but, um, I, I really, I really, I'll, I'll never forget that. I, I, I really pride myself. That was one of the biggest running moments of my life. You can say the Olympic trials, you can say worlds, but like, honestly, the 340 miles for survivors was probably the most encompassing moment of my running life. And that's awesome. I, I would do that again over any moment. I was just going to ask that. Will you do it again? I no, it probably, I'd love to do something for survivors. Like, okay. For sure. And especially having to do with running that I think that I maybe you should it, go across Michigan. That you, would you ran down it. Then why not run across it? That would be really fun. And that would be beautiful. And I would love to do something like that. I'm just so blessed that I've gotten to one be on the podcast, but gotten to see you train and your, your Blackbeard's Revenge was amazing. I think you, it was cool. Cause there was, you know, I had about like 25 of you and it was so cool. Like you finished like one, I think you actually were right next to someone else that I was coaching and, uh, finishing in like you, I don't know if you guys knew that you guys were coached, no. but it was so cool. So many names that were finishing right next to each other and be like, they did so well, or, you know, you had to have been yo-yoing at one point with some of the other people I was, you know, helping get across the finish line. And I, I honestly feel like it was like, I only had like two or three people, three people not finish. That's so it was awesome. so cool. To That's see. a great percentage right there. Yeah. Wow. Well, it was a great race. Like shout out to Ivy. Um, they put on a great race. I hope yeah. that you loved everything about it. They, uh, everything they, about they it. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, they do. The trivium just, I mean, yeah, they do it right. My, my best friend, Jen works for them. And that's why, um, we all kind of buddied up. Um, I, me and Jen and Katie, Katie owns forward focus and Jen works for Trivium and we've all ran at Hanson's together. So we kind of all have this like connection and, uh, I love that it's all women too. Like, yeah. you know, really fun to work with women and especially fast women runners and that are changing the community and, and really bringing it up and making it better and, and doing cool things in it. So I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. And I'm just honored to, to know and, and to see runners every day. Like I open my computer, I open my, or I'll be running with my kids. And like, I see someone's workout ping across my watch. Even if I was like feeling crummy, then it goes, this person's out there doing it. Like, you know, you're doing great. <laughs> awesome. So I, I feel alone. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we got a couple minutes left. So this is the way I love to, to end stuff. You're talking to somebody who's getting ready to run their first ever ultra marathon. What are you going to tell them? One, if it's your first one, just have fun. Um, the biggest thing is really like, again, knowing that the community is there for you. Um, if it's a small ultra, you know, just start working on your fuel. If it's a big ultra, just, you know, just take it step by step, you know, and don't be afraid to walk, enjoy it, you know, and there will be bad moments. I always tell people there will be some rough parts. I will promise you there will be, but you will get through them. Just do some little things to kind of get you through, whether it's playing a game, chugging your goo, or even, you know, talking to a volunteer and chugging some pickle juice, like do whatever you can do to keep moving forward in that, in that progress. And if it doesn't go the first, the way that you thought the first time, which it rarely does your first ultra know that there's always many different types of distances, many different types of terrain. Maybe you are on like, you know, 5,000 feet of elevation, like maybe, you know, try something a little flatter, um, <laughs> a little shorter and gain, gain your confidence, but everyone can be an ultra marathoner. Every single person I feel like can be an ultra marathoner. And that, that doesn't mean running it right. It means 
if you want to be a crew and you want to be an ultra, like to me, I consider you're, you're an ultra runner because to sit out there as a support person for five or six hour, heck yeah, you are a ultra marathoner because I don't know if I could sit out there for six hours, freezing, giving mittens to other people again, like making quesadillas and bacon for nine hours like that. I mean, the, the support people make the community. So I would say enjoy the community Eat your food, eat your food, eat your cheeses, eat your Snickers bar, give some high fives. And like, even if you fall down, scrape your knee, keep going, you know, keep, keep going forward. That's going to be so fun when you get there. And I will be cheering loud and proud for you. That is awesome. Cool. Well, Danny, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time on Living an Ultra Life.